Hello, everyone. This is Terry Mitchell with Voice on Fire Interviews with Intention. For those of you who may not have tuned in before, I am on a mission to interview people from around the world, people that are making a difference, people that I consider are action takers, difference makers, people that are making a difference somewhere in terms of uh, their local community or around on the global platform. And I think my guest today certainly fits that criteria. Uh, welcome to Voice on Fire. Jesse Lu, you're in Malaysia. Thank you for joining me on Voice on Fire. Thanks, Terry, for inviting me on the Voice on Fire interview. I'm actually excited to be on your podcast. Fantastic. It's, uh, it's a great uh, opportunity for you to share information about what it is you do. And that's usually the first question that I like to get right into. So let's start out. Share with our listeners today what it is you do who you do it for and why you do it. That first question is, what is it you do? Okay, um, so basically I'm a digital parenting coach um, and then uh, I actually help parents to establish better relationship with their children while empowering them to use electronic device and the internet in a responsible way and staying safe online. Mm -hmm. So basically um, I help uh, parents to you know, nurture good habits Especially nowadays, you know, in this, um, especially I think this digital era and also pandemic, you know, all children are actually have to pivot to online schools um, or, or even they're actually using the, um, the device actually more. Yes. So that's why, you know, there's a lot of problems of internet safety and screen addictions. And that's where I actually came in to, you know, establish um, the parents, uh, establish a good habits associated with the screens and also empower the children to use the electronic device and the internet more for their enrichment and also the most importantly also staying safe online so that the children are empowered and able to navigate the online dangers on their own as well. Mm, I think that's super important and as you mentioned the online dangers it's it's one thing for children to be more capable than we ever were of being able to pick up some sort of electronic device and, and know how to operate it. And I've seen little ones as young as, you know, two years old are picking up phones and knowing how to swipe. And I look at it and think, I didn't even learn how to do that until I was in my 30s. So it's fascinating to see that just because the technology's there, little, little people, the, the children of our world are so, so competent in using them. And, and they yet they are not familiar with the, the really terrifying dangers that are available or happening in the, the online world. And you say you are involved in digital parenting. So that's that's really your um, your focus now, isn't it, as, uh, as what you do? Yes, yes, yes. And uh, I came from a cybersecurity expertise. I'm a cybersecurity expert. And I've actually spent like 14, more than 14 years, you know, working in cybersecurity. And obviously I know what is, you know, the dangers out there. And because uh, back then I was actually working in corporations and we are actually really have to deal with all these hackers and we have to actually deal with these people, you know, the malicious people who are trying to hack into the organizations. And I know that we're actually dealing with smart people. Mm. You know, all these people who is behind in the dark web, they are actually smart. They are not stupid, you know. Mm. And in fact, I, I think that sometimes I felt that they're actually smarter than us, you know. Mm. So... So obviously, um, as a mother of war, I also have the same concern, you know, because, um, you know, when the pandemic hits, um, my children also have to pivot to online school. Yep. 
And uh, as you know, now in Malaysia, we have been in the lockdown for very long. Mm. And um, for only the last month, uh, you know, the, um, the country actually allowed to have some ease of relaxation because of the economy, but the school are not still open. So uh-huh. can you actually imagine that my, my children are actually practically on online school for the for the, at least for the 2020 and 2021. And I can actually wow. recall that the, the only days that they go to back to the you know the norm, you know, the physical school is only like less than three months for the entire two oh, years. Wow. And wow. yeah, we are not looking beyond that as well, you know. And by end of this year, uh, most likely the school will not be open, at least for my state, because my state is actually badly impacted. So, you know, when I actually came to this, I also realized, oh my God, I so have to do the same right now. And uh, I was actually allowing my children to have access to the electronic device, you know, in the past, but it's actually more like a, in a control way, you know, because I also don't want to, them to expose to too much. And then, um, um, but now when, you know, the pandemic hits and, you know, with online class, they have to be on the device all the time. And mm. And then that's where I realized that, okay, I also have to do the same. So uh, let me figure this out. And then at the same time, um, I have friends actually came to me that uh, because of the pandemic, many teenagers or even children are actually passed, you know, they have, they have dedicated the electronic device. Well, my friend actually, you know, tell me and uh, tell me that uh, she has to fight with his teenage son which is I think 13 years old mm-hmm. to get back the phone because the screen addiction is just too much and you know the mom couldn't stand it and when she tried to take away you know the fun the son actually fight back then I was like thinking wow so you fight because of the smartphone yeah. right so I think this is kind of ridiculous and as I actually ventured into it and I actually talked to a lot of parents, I realized that, you know, the screen seems to really breaking the families apart. Yeah. And that's where the, I think that my, my value actually comes into the picture. And I hope that I can actually help parents, you know, to establish better relationship. Use screen as, you know, to bond as well, rather than use because of the screens, which breaks the relationship, you know, between the child and the parents. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You touch on so many vital points there. I mean, obviously, the, this pandemic is global, so it's impacting so many children who are not able to go to the formal physical classroom and are somehow, the, the magic word, pivot, seems to have been right across our, our vocabulary in the last two years. <laughs> everyone is learning to do something in a different way in order to adapt. And if children are spending more time on screens, which is essential for their education, and that is completely understandable, it's when they're not doing schoolwork, but they're required to do maybe some homework as part of the ongoing outside of school experience, who's there to monitor them? The parents parents are already doing their own pivoting to get around this. And it's an incredibly stressful situation, as I'm sure you being a mum of four kids you would know that, especially when you're trying to also run a business. You've got things that you are doing. You're working in an industry that's highly demanding. So it's very difficult for any person to monitor the child's activity. And it's you probably saw me nodding you know, furiously when you were saying about the, the, the younger teen children, so the ones that are just getting into, say, 13, 14, have almost developed an addiction to their device to the point where giving it up some will hide it under their pillow. They won't give it back to their parents. They will throw tantrums. And I have seen and heard of that from, from friends of mine that have also got children with that problem. So what you're doing sounds like 
you're addressing some really key issues. And I think parents that are going to listen to this are going to find it really fascinating to hear what it is that you've got in terms of perhaps you can share a few strategies on some of the things that you've been doing. Um, just taking our conversation that little step further, you also mentioned the dark web. Now, the mention of the dark web should pretty typically give people the jitters because the dark web in itself is in, in a basic description quite harmless for what it is in its physical structure and what it is designed as. It's just that it's used by people that know to commit it to commit crimes, I guess you could say, through the fact that they can't be traced. And I think that's the, the, the frightening part. It means that people cannot be traced. You've got to be really, um, uh, what's the word that might describe it? Not only just outsmart the criminals, as you say, these are pretty intelligent people that are using it to take advantage of very vulnerable people. And the dark web is just, it's too easy to access and far too frightening for what I've seen that can be found on it. So some of the strategies, Jesse, what do you suggest, just one or two key strategies that you might suggest for what it is that you do to help educate parents? Okay, um, so here's, here's my, what I thought, you know, like when we come to digital parenting, right, many people actually think that this is actually new and something that you need to embrace. But to be honest, the fundamental of parenting has not changed, you know. We are still come back to the fundamentals because I think at the end of the day, you know, um, you know, uh, the family structures and communications must be there and you must have the good relationship with the children. So I actually start with the very fundamentals, which is the family values. So I actually shared the six strategies in um, digital parenting and uh, it's actually featured in one of the, uh, the Brains magazine because where I, I'm actually the executive contributor. So basically the first, the first step, you know, if we talk about the six strategies to digital parenting is number one, you need to have the family values, okay? So family values, which set the foundations, tone and habits of your family, right? And Terry, let me ask you this, you know, uh, can I ask, do you have a value that is very close to your heart? What is it? To me, I value transparency, meaning there's, there's no need to keep anything hidden, no need to keep anything secret. So that would be very important to me. Okay. And where does this transparency um, value actually came from? That is a very good question. I don't know how I would have developed that. Obviously, I would imagine it's probably come from my own family, but I don't see that that was something that specifically taught to me or spoken about as a, this is what we believe in. So I think I've probably developed it over time. Okay, okay. So most, most of the, you know, like for myself, integrity is something that I hold very close dear to my heart. And how I actually got this integrity is actually from my father, okay? So obviously, um, you know, uh, usually, you know, during the dining time when I was actually young, my father always talked about his philosophy about life and how he actually values about integrity. 
And most parents that I talk to, you know, some of the values that they hold close to their heart is actually come from the family values. Mm -hmm. And of course, you will actually develop some values from your experience of life. Mm -hmm. And then maybe because of some um, situations you encounter and you actually have this belief system and therefore you hold this values to your heart as well and the first thing why I actually say that family values is very important is actually a decision making guideline for both to make in the families be it in the online and offline Mm -hmm. right so for example if let's say kindness is one of your family values right so when you are kind you you actually see that you know what is the definition of kind it's very clear to you you're not bully someone because you are kind right you will not actually say harsh words. Why are you like this? Why are you so ugly? You know, you will actually not say this kind of word because you are, you are a kind person. You hold that value. It's actually about who you are as well. Mm-hmm. So, so these are the kinds of the values that we should actually teach to our children. So number one is actually a decision-making guideline. It's also define the future self of the children because, you know, if they actually hold it to, you know, to whatever future, just like me, my father planted the seeds when I was actually young, when, you know, to talk about integrity is very important. So, and I hold it until I'm today and I'm already in my 40s, right? And then why is actually also very important is also a decision-making guideline. So if any conflicts or any decisions that you need to make together as a family unit, you can always refer to something that you guys actually agree on. Like, you know, if let's say this is kindness and, okay, so you have this screen time problems, you know, would you actually snatch away the device from your child? Is it portray kindness, right? So you have, you will actually start assessing that whether it's kindness. Am I I actually being a role model? Mm -hmm. Because you have to understand at the end of the day, children don't do what we say. Mm-hmm. Children do what they saw we are doing. Yes, we are the role model, right? So when we're actually portraying that, you know, um, you know, we just snatch away and just say harsh words, you know, like, why are you like this? And you are screen addicted, you know, and it's actually also, uh, you know, implant the, the belief systems to the children that they are addicted to screens. Mm-hmm. And also that, you know, they are felt that they are not enough, mm-hmm. right? So, and then, and also it's actually, <clears throat> in fact, create, you know, the, the gap in the family because, you know, there's, there's no closeness and the relationship is actually not bond. Okay. So, and then secondly, why I feel that in family values is more importantly right now is because, you know, when you're exposed to many contents, especially on the, on the internet, and to be honest, internet has billions of contents, you know, mm. and every day we still have millions being released every day, right? Yep. So, you know, the content that exposed to us many, many times, will start to shape our belief system and our values as well. So if we don't give our children the family values, they will adopt someone else's value. And this is very true, especially I talk to a lot of parents who have their children already exposed to internet for years. And then they realize that, you know, the the children start to adopt someone else's value. And sometimes they felt that, my children is not my children anymore. Yeah. And that's the scariest part, right? Yeah. So I think the first one is you definitely need to have the family values. And the second part is about the internet safety habits agreement. You know, if you don't set the expectation and what are the things that you should behave online, how would the children know, right? If you don't educate the children about internet dangers, how they do need, know that there's a danger out there? You know, it's just fascinating that, you know, our, we as a parents, we, we used to educate our children like 
the danger in the real world, like for example, online stranger, don't talk to strangers. When you cross the roads, what do you do? You will teach your children, look left and look right and look to left again to make sure there's no car mm -hmm. and there's no nothing danger, only you cross the roads, right? So basically, it's the same for the online world. You just need to teach the same and get them to agree. You know why I say actually not rules and agreement? Because at the end of the day, the children are the users of the electronic device. They are the internet users. So we need to teach and get them to see why they need to behave. You know, the why is actually very important because ultimately, I think children also want them to get them safe. They don't want to be in the danger, you know? Mm, mm. So I, I, that's why, the, that's why the agreement is, is good so that they can actually both agree on this is the, the setup and this is the habits that we should portray and obviously the parents also have to portray mm -hmm. you know like uh, there's no point telling the children that okay you should spend very less time one hour in the screen time you know but the parents actually show like he's she's she's on the screen all the time it's actually not yeah right so yeah so come back to you terry you have any questions it takes it, everything that you're talking about makes so much sense i mean it's all about showing children because as you say they 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 may learn from what you tell them but they will mostly learn from what they see they, they are their young brains are still developing so they absorb a lot of information and they process a lot of things but they don't always have the brain or emotional maturity to interpret what they're seeing in a way that they can then make positive sense of it and unless the parents or the caregivers whoever are the uh, proper role models for the children unless they are setting the benchmark, the children don't have any reason to not behave in a way that, that is perhaps endangering them. And as we know, the, the internet is a fabulous, amazing, incredible place. I absolutely love it. I think it's the, one of the best things that we ever invented. However, so do a lot of criminals. And, and unfortunately, I wonder if you would think it's fair to say that maybe parents feel a little bit uh, either... Um, we're not perhaps as educated as they could be about the dangers of the internet in terms of how children may perceive that danger um, and, and maybe not have the skills to be able to educate their children because, as you say, crossing the road, yes, well, we all do that. We all know how to cross the road because, you know, that's what's taught to us and we also know after life experience how to interpret the benefit of learning those skills as being something we're glad that we know. So we teach it to our children because we want our children to be safe. And I guess when we're applying that to the internet, parents may not really know the best way to frame what the danger is because perhaps they themselves, if they're anything like me in my growing up, there wasn't an internet. You know, Google's really only been around for, I think, what, 23 years. And, you know, some people, uh, you know, they may only have had started having children maybe 10 years prior to that. So there wasn't a lot of time to really become familiar and educated with the experiences on what the internet's about. So unless you know what those dangers are, how do you educate your children about what they are and how to avoid them? And, and your experience in cybersecurity, that honestly, that I wonder sometimes if you can if you can sleep at night knowing what those concerns and worries are, because you know, I, I have my own personal interest in, in understanding what the dark web is about. And it's fascinating, but it is quite a scary place. There are some 
quite horrific things that can really take place in that, that place that we call the dark web. Now, with cybersecurity as your background, obviously, and, and 14 years is a long time to spend in that uh, environment. Do you, do you think that it's possible, and I wonder what your, what your thoughts are, uh, when it comes to parents not really knowing what do they educate their children about in terms of what are the dangers of using the internet, not only from screen time being a habit and being just something that is not necessarily healthy anyway, but just exploring the internet and getting into those chat, time, um, chat zones and things like that. What's been your experience or your thoughts? What, what's the, the, the information you probably pass on to parents? Um, yes, yes, I, I totally agree with you. Um, because right now, I guess that we are, you know, we are, I, I would say that we are the first batch of generations, you know, parents' generations that have to actually digital our parents, mm. our children. Because prior to that, if you actually go back to your mom, mom, how do you digital parenting? They'll say, okay, but that time we don't have smartphones, right? And, and you know, during even my, I think uh, when I was actually studying, I only get access to internet when I was like, I think maybe 15 or 16 years mm. old. If I'm not wrong, and and that time is actually really slow, you know. And you can actually remember, I can still remember that time that I have to actually do the dial up, and you have to see, yeah, and sometimes time. couldn't connect, right? So and the internet is so super slow. And that time, you know, the the PC, you know, that time we still don't have the laptop. If you remember back to the days, mm -hmm. the the desktop is huge, mm. right? It's a huge laptop. It's actually very bulky, and and that's not. So not so much of apps at that time. So you know the addictions to the computer is actually not not widely known, other than you know the games because the games are mm -hmm. and 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 that time the games are are still like more like an offline mode where you they don't allow like the you know the multiplayers. It's more like you know if it's multiplayers, it's within your network, but it's mm -hmm. not the multiplayers you know from all over the world yes. right now. Yeah. Right. So the, the, the landscape is actually totally different. And I agree that, you know, as a parent right now, you have to learn new skills. That's why I always say that in this digital era, we have to learn new skills to digital parent our children. Yep. We cannot use back the same conventional way that, oh, my mom did that. So I think this is the right way. So no, it, you have to definitely learn the, the new skills to digital parent um, your children. And that's where you need to educate about the you know, the, the online dangers, like, you know, the online strangers, you know, it could be as simple as the online strangers, you know, we always talk about the strangers out there, you know, don't talk to strangers. Mm -hmm. But what about the online strangers? Absolutely. Did we actually educate, right? So it's actually fascinating that, you know, people talk about the dangers of the physical strangers out there, mm -hmm. but no one is actually really talking about the online strangers. Yeah. And one of the reasons why I actually came to, you know, I decided that I want to venture into this is when I see the Kaylee Haywood love stories, it was mm -hmm. actually a 15-year-old girl from the Chester. Um, she was actually online groom um, back in um, 2015, November. Mm -hmm. She passed, uh, she actually was murdered. Uh, she was online groom, yes. Uh, yes. went out to meet the, the guy and obviously um, raped and killed. Yes. In November 2015, and after that, the Lichester, uh, pol uh, police department actually make a um, they call it love a love story of Kelly Haywood. Yes. And I stumbled that, and I realized that oh my god, oh this is this is really bad, you know. Yes. And they just lost the daughter because of this, you know. And and how actually um, Kelly actually got to know this is because of the 
you know, not knowing that, you know, you're not supposed to respond to any stranger as well, right? So she actually got the um, Facebook message from this guy and she was curious. And as, as, as everyone, you know, as everyone of us, we are all curious about what is out there as well, you know, but we also have to understand what is the dangers out there. Absolutely. So, and, and because of the, you know, and for the just the short 14 days, she, the guy was able to online groom and make Kelly trust him and Absolutely. ask him, uh, ask her to actually come, uh, you know, ask her to actually go out with him, right? So you can actually see that, you know, our children, even as 15 years old, they are still, they still need some um, guidance from us, you know, we still need to communicate, we still need to educate, you know, and if let's say, you know, if let's say really they want to meet these online strangers, why not talk to the parents? I have this and I want to meet him. Right, you know, maybe you can say, okay, we can meet, but I will be there. Absolutely. Right, I think Absolutely. it's a better choice rather than um, you say, cannot, and then uh, she's going to meet the guy secretly. I think it's even the worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. So I think it's about like, you know, some of it could be really about the online dangers out there and, you know, the choices of the apps we, we allow our children. If let's say we allow the, you know, the, 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 the apps to be in their, their phone, on the device, mm-hmm. we have to educate about the dangers out there. Yeah, absolutely. You you really raise a, a really important point there, and um, part of the reason that I find this um, this discussion about digital parenting and the internet, and particularly cybersecurity from within the family home, so to speak, is because of the dangers that are posed by the uh, online predators who are grooming children, um, and they have obviously evil malicious intent there is no escaping that they don't do it for fun they don't do it because they're really just nice people they are not they are clearly criminal they clearly have malicious intent and it is absolutely horrific and frightening the number of young girls particularly uh, but also older women who have never really been that familiar with using the internet who perhaps are you know um, less confident on on technology and they become involved in chat sites, dating sites, various uh, of those types of um, platforms and find themselves being fooled by people who are ma- manipulative and using the, the platforms for really malicious intent. Um, the number of older women that go out on dates from people that have um, criminal backgrounds. And I'm certainly not about making this gender stereotyping. I know that there are some very unpleasant women who use this. I'm very familiar with what can be uh, done with the internet from a malicious intent point of view, from just some of the research that I have done for other reasons. So I think it's really super important. Um, and it sounds like you've really got that as a um, an area of expertise as part of what you do in digital parenting is, is helping people to understand that the internet, as fabulous as it is, is also being used by criminal people. And you need to become familiar, as you say, with a new set of skills. This can't be done as parenting the old way, like our parents taught us. We need to learn how do you parentally, digitally uh, expose your children to the use of the internet? How do you do that in a safe and, um, and I, I suppose, a not governed, but you, you, you want to monitor it. You want to monitor your children's use. But it does come back to, and I wonder if you agree, it comes back to um, the family values that you mention. 
to have these conversations means that your children are open to you know, the, to the disciplinary approach that you take and letting them understand that you're the parent, you're the one who must control the exposures, but let them know why. Educate them, show the children as, as safe and as suitably as required what they're likely to be exposed to, but in a way that is that meets the, the age of the child. Obviously, you've got to monitor what they're exposed to, but it, it's, a, it's, it's a fascinating area, but it, it does have its... It's challenges. I, I can imagine that you must have a lot of questions that parents put to you about, you know, what do we do? How do we do this? So, you know, it's certainly an area that um, I'm, I'm sure you must get a lot of inquiries about. Oh, yes, yes. Actually, um, you know, sometimes I think, I think in this era is like, because we have to monitor the children's, you know, the digital footprint as well. I think that's the dilemma. You don't want to invade too much because when you invade too much, you know, your teenagers, as I think especially for teenagers, they will actually feel offended, you know, like, yeah. why? Mom, you don't trust me, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? And they will actually come to the questions of the, you know, the basis of trust. But at the same time, if we don't monitor, there's also like, you know, what is happening out there, yeah. right? So it's actually a, you have to actually strike a balance. And that's why I think the Internet Safety Habits Agreement is the, is the way, you know, to communicate, which is the basis of, you know, at the same time, you're able to do what you want, but at the same time, you're actually able to get yourself safe. Mm -hmm. And obviously, I will still uh, uh, ask the parents to install the, you know, just to know that what they are doing, yes. but not to, uh, to the extent that you monitor excessively, like, you know, oh, today you actually serve this site, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. You know, not to the extent, it's just monitor to, you know, to see that whether there's anything that is very... Um, you know, something is wrong or something like that. And sometimes even if they see that, hey, well, how can she's excessively sex? And my conversation with my child is always like, hey, I saw that you're actually going this side. What are you actually looking at? Can you show me? Mm -hmm. You know, be curious, be listening to your child. Mm -hmm. And when you're actually able to do that and they trust you, I can say that over most of the time they are willing to show you what they are doing. And they say that, oh, I learned this. I find this, this is interesting. And that's why I actually go in further. And then, you know, when, and, and the one that I'm really concerned is about like um, the content, because I, I, I think that, you know, as I said, the content that's shown to them many times will start to brainwash, you know, if you want to actually say it's actually really brainwash the children, you know, like some of the behavior is actually acceptable. Yeah. Like, you know, some, so, and therefore the content that they see is, uh, we always have discussion about like, what are the things that they're actually seeing? What they, do they learn, you know? So that I know what is actually on their mind as well, you know, rather than, you know, have to go on the site checking one by one, why not have a discussion? And that's the, that's the third thing. One of the things is I actually educate is, you know, have a family meeting, have a conversation about your online habits, about the content they see, what they've actually done online. Mm -hmm. And also have the education about the internet safety. Because like I said, if you don't educate them, they have no idea the engines out there, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. it, it, yes. So uh, I think yesterday I, I have posted one, like, you know, the dangerous apps uh, in your child's smartphone. Mm -hmm. And I think I put one WhatsApp is one of the, and then I think one of the parents actually comment on my post. And then I say that actually there's a lot of, you know, scammers, mm -hmm. you know, Scammers, they actually targeted people on the WhatsApp 
And you know, some people will actually just hope on it and they carry the conversation and that's where it all starts, you know. Mm. And uh because I received my my daughter have a WhatsApp because it's required because of you know, because of the online school, the teachers actually use the WhatsApp to communicate with the children. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so she has WhatsApp and also educate her about like you know, don't respond to people do, you do not know. And constantly I have, you know, I, I constantly get, you know, some a lot of Strangers actually targeting me on the WhatsApp and and I actually teach them how do you identify strangers and how do you check and also I was actually I have a post which I talk about that particular post um so you know you have to really educate about the you know the 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 online habits and also the internet safety so you know if we talk about the six strategies just now so we talk about family values mm-hmm. so we also talk about the the internet safety habits agreement. Then we also talk about family meeting. You must yeah. have constant communications with them, right? Mm-hmm. And then you must have the education of internet safety, yeah. right? Yeah. And obviously, you need to have the you know the process to break the bad habits and the making the good habits. Because you know what? We are all habits creatures. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. think of it, you know, we have us we have some certain habits to our cell phone, even for ourselves, right? And, and to be honest, sometimes it's funny that, you know, I have, I have uh, parents actually come to me. I'm the one actually got the problem with the screen. Yeah. 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 Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I think it's so important that we recognise that we have our own habits. Obviously, habits, we they become habits, which generally implies that they are uh, unconscious. You don't know that you've got them. It's only until you raise your awareness about the behaviour that you become aware that that behaviour is something that you do automatically hence it's called a habit so you know once we break the habit which takes a lot of work you know there are certain there are certain quick hacks that you can do to help speed the process but breaking a habit is is something that can take quite a bit because there's a lot that goes into developing the habit in the first place so if we can have them as adults what's to say that children can't develop them too so you know we've got to be aware of what are our habits what are the problems that we're having with the use of technology and how is that habit perhaps in, impacting the way we're parenting our children who have ready ready access to devices? So, yeah, I, I certainly hear what you're saying about the habits. It's, it's certainly it's a personal interest of mine, and I totally hear you when you say that. So you've shared some fantastic uh, um, tips. Obviously, you mentioned the six strategies. You've shared three in quite detail. I just really appreciate I'm sure the audience is really finding great value in that. Uh, and we talked in terms of the, the three prime questions that I like to ask through these interviews is, um, what is it you do? Now, clearly, we've talked about a lot of your cybersecurity and family um, value parenting and uh, digital parenting um, experience. And who do you do it for? Obviously, families, parents. But I guess anyone who wants to talk with you about developing safer uh, internet usage, it could be, do you find perhaps, and this is what was going through my mind as you were talking, my mother's in her 70s and we recently bought her um, not only a brand new um, phone, but also a, she got herself a new laptop. But it is actually really quite disconcerting because she's a little too trusting and doesn't always know when a message comes through or if a um, email comes through, how to know if it is from an authentic source. So the authenticity of the sender is something, as you say, using WhatsApp, how do you check? How do you know? So really, I wonder if your audience is more than just digital parenting, because sometimes when you're a 
a mature child and you've got an older parent, you have to parent them too. So I wonder if your audience could expand there. Um, okay. Um, well, my passion is still on my on children. And oh, that's cool. where I choose digital parenting because I felt that, you know, and it's also an invitation to a journey because it's a journey that I'm right now. And my children are young. Uh, my eldest is 11 years old. Mm -hmm. And my second is actually eight years old. And I have a pair of twins. They are five years old. Mm -hmm. So um, it's also a thing that I have to do on my own as well because I have my children to digital parenting. Mm -hmm. And that's where I felt that this is the best because I'm doing it myself. And why not? I just invite other parents to be on the same journey mm -hmm. so that you know we can actually go through it together because... I guess that I'm slightly ahead. And number one, I have um, you know, the cybersecurity expertise and also like I have a, I have a very good communications and uh, parenting skills. And I'm also fascinating about habits. I'm also about all about habits. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm able to combine internet safety, parenting and habits into one program. And that's where I think I will contribute the best to this specific community at this moment. But I do agree with you, you know, like you mentioned about like the, the elderly, you know, uh, and also the, the uh, you know, some uh, women who actually, and, and in back in Malaysia, we, we have a lot of scams, you know, like um, the scams, the love scams, you know, I remember there's a, there's a syndicate name, but I can't remember what's the name. I think I can call like Macau scam, like something like that. And where... You know, all these people, they will actually pretend that they are a very handsome guy, you know, mm -hmm. and they will actually um, approach, you know, usually the elderly woman, which is mm -hmm. still single, mm -hmm. and, you know, they will express their interest in them. And after a few months of chatting and communications, and then this world, this is there where they will actually start that, oh, I sent you a parcel. Mm -hmm. uh, I got caught in the, you know, you have to give me, don't know how many thousands of dollars you know yep. and that's how it actually got and after that they asked more maybe in the beginning they asked you for a few thousand and after that they asked for more and more and more mm -hmm. and you'll be surprised that I think I've actually saw that um, you know people just lost hundred thousand yeah. ringgit Malaysia you know it's, it's about and, and it's mm -hmm. to be honest in hundred thousand ringgit Malaysia for in Malaysia, it's a lot, a huge sum, you know, yes. and and it's just that you know the the hard earned monies of you know these women has just lost yes. because of the scams, and usually they also go into the emotional, um, you know, like the loneliness and all that. So some of the habits is also about like the 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 internal triggers, you know, which is the emotions that you are having right now. Whether it's loneliness, it's boredom, mm -hmm. or it's something that you want to run away. And even it's actually the same for children, you know. Sometimes children, when they want to go to the screens, it could be something that they want to run away from. Mm -hmm. You know, that's where we have to start check what is they are running from. And that's where we can actually start, you know, breaking the habits mm -hmm. and actually ensure the good habits. But obviously, I would say that the best to start this is when you give the device to your children. Because you know what, breaking bad habits are hard. Well, like what you say, you know, it would take a lot of time, a lot of effort, you know, a, pay, a lot of, in fact, pains, sweats and tears, yeah. you know, because you realize that you have to break your child screen addictions, you know. So it's hard. So it's best to start because if you start in the beginning, you are start just to nurture good screen habits and not break the bad habits, yeah. right? 
yeah, it's important to start somewhere. And I think parents will gain confidence in the ability to uh, be stronger and more competent digital parents just by realising that they've got to start somewhere, but they need to be themselves aware of the dangers and then also aware of how to have those communications. And, and it sounds like you've covered them all off with a lot of the strategies that you talk about. So I think that's really important. You know, we've, we've talked about what it is you do and who you do it for. I'd love to just finally, I suppose, wrap up by asking, why do you do it? Now, I know you have covered off because it was about your children and you started the journey with your own children. What's, what's your greater mission with this? Why do you do this? What's, what's been the inspiration, I suppose, long-term for, for your project, being a digital parent? Um, I think one of the main reasons why I started is because of the Kaylee Haywood stories. Mm-hmm. You know, I realized that the internet can really break, you know, and make, you know, you lost your child to the internet dangerous. And even sometimes it's not online grooming, you know, even the screen addictions, you know, mm-hmm. when the child is actually addicted to the screens, you know, you can't see that there's, there's much future there because she's just constantly hooked to the screens and he's not interested in his studies. And as there's nothing else that he can actually do, you know, other than, you know, attach the screens, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's where I actually think that it's, 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 this is where that I need to start. And then... um. I was also thinking that uh, one of the reasons why I actually start to, you know, want to venture into this is I want to fulfill my life purpose as well. Because, you know, um, back then, um, back in, like, I can share with this, uh, you know, with the audience, like, um, in, um, I recall March 2019, when my good friend passed away. Mm-hmm. And when I attended the funeral, so, you know, the short story cut short, because there's a lot of things that I want to talk about, but, you know, it's a bit long stories. So I remember I went to her funeral. Um, her 12, uh, I think her 12-year-old son actually came and spoke about his mom. Actually, my friend uh, endured a lot because uh, when she discovered she has no cancer three years back, you know, prior 2019, she also discovered an unfaithful event of her spouse, which leads to divorce. So she was going through, you know, the chemotherapy, the treatment of cancer at the same time, have to go through the divorce. So it was very, very fruitful for her. And then when I actually attended the funeral, um, I recall that the son actually came out and spoke about his mom. My friend was able to live in peace because she was able to pass away and she really let go. She, were, she even actually uh, forgave her ex-husband despite the pain that she has actually brought her. And the most beautiful part, about the, part the, the, the boy was very confident and she was trying to make his mom proud, you know. And I can recall the likes, you know, like... Um, I, uh, my mom teach me about love for my family, courage and forgiveness, right? So it's also back to the family values, you know, despite that my friend has very short term in this earth, you know, she was, she was 43 when she passed away, you know, she, she has actually prepared his son well, mm-hmm. right? So it's also my mission that, you know, I think that if let's say we can actually use these family values and really, you know, in, um, give the family values, you know, for something our children to call on, it will be a very beautiful yeah. parents, I know, parents and child relationship, you know, and I, I'm, I'm just sad that, you know, nowadays, if we go out, um, you know, when you dine in, uh, although we are not allowed to dine in at the moment, but in the past, you can actually see that when people dine in, the parents, the child, all of them are on the screen time, yeah. and the dinner time is just 
quiet, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, we just lost it, you know. I think we, we should actually go back, you know, back to the fundamentals, you know, because if you don't spend your time with your children right now, you know, when they are big, they are not going to spend time with you and that's the reality. Yeah. So I've got the inspirations from my friends and I hope that I can actually pass this message to continue for, for other parents as well as much as my friends actually passed to me. Yeah, yeah I think that's, it's, it's a very sad story and I'm, I'm very sorry for your loss and it, it's such a, um, a poignant story about what her child learned and as you say, linked it to family values and that whole experience of we learn what we learn at such a young age and, and sometimes we, <laughs> one of the experiences I know for myself is much of what I learned as a child I had to unlearn as an adult and we, we need to really be careful what we let our children learn or what we teach them or what we allow them to become um, educated about in if we're not helping them to understand and analyse and become thinkers. Because unfortunately, I think screen time allows them to become doers. They're doing something all the time. And as you mentioned earlier, it's, it's about maybe they're trying to avoid something. Maybe something terrible is happening in their world and they're hiding themselves in screen time to avoid facing that experience that's causing them some sort of pain or distress or anger or frustration or other big emotions that children quite often don't know how to deal with. So screen time allows them to hide from a lot of those really overwhelming feelings and thoughts. And it's a real do thing. It's an action thing. It's something that I can do. I can sit in front of my computer or my laptop or my uh, tablet or my phone and I can play games or I can chat or I can do these things. That way I'm not focusing or thinking about the things that are upsetting me. Uh, and, and if they are, they, the, the chances are if they do cross paths with somebody who has less than a kind heart, as you mentioned with the value, if someone's a bully who does say awful things, it's, it astounds me to read the number of times children will say to others, why don't you just go and kill yourself? Why don't you die? Those things are so heart, they're heartless. And yet children are saying those things to each other often without realising the impact of what they've said or with very, very strong awareness of what that means, just not realising the impact if someone does carry out those words. So there is this need to be aware of what our children are feeling, understand those big feelings, help them to communicate, help them to express themselves in ways that allow, as you were mentioning earlier, have those open conversations with your child earlier so that when they are in some sort of difficulty, they come to you and they speak with you about it rather than going to the computer and hiding and, and, and exposing themselves to all the risks that are there. So I think you've covered so many valuable points and I think it's really important that there is an awareness of the changed landscape of parenting today and certainly I think digital parenting is the new, the new form of parenting or one of the many new aspects of parenting that that's important today um so it's really been quite a fascinating conversation jesse thank you so much for sharing what you do who you do it for and why you do it with the audience for voice on fire today it's been an absolute pleasure thank you so much terry and uh i hope that uh this can actually really bring the values to all the audience who actually listen to voice on fire interviews absolutely absolutely thank you jesse it's been an absolute lovely conversation All right, there we go. So. Okay. Okay. Do you still want to record?